And we're live. Yo, what's up, fam? We're on episode three of Scorch the Fears. We got Mahmood. We got Melissa. It's amazing, guys. It's freaking amazing. I got a two-for-one deal, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> so I've been I've been pumping up Mahmood a lot. And Melissa was just there, like, hanging out, and they're business partners. And, and we were just like, Melissa, you want to get on the podcast probably 15 minutes ago? And she was like, yeah, I'm getting on it. And now we got like an amazing thing. So, okay. So Melissa, introduce yourself to the, to the people because, um, I didn't, I didn't introduce you at all. I kept talking about my mood and what he does, but introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No worries. Uh, yeah. So my name's Melissa, uh, Mahmood and I go way back. We met in college, uh, freshman year. Um, and yeah, just have been buddies since, um, he got into the wholesaling game and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, what is that? What are you doing? Like, how are you making so much money? Um, <laughs> and he just like took me under his like wing and he was like, yeah, this is what I do. Um, and then I decided to take the same leap myself um, in like late, early fall of this year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and he just kind of took me under his wing um showed me all the ins and outs of his day and yeah and I just kind of started emulating that and I'm still on my own like wholesale journey okay great so how do you guys work together who does what 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 yeah. what is the relationship yeah so basically it started off kind of as like a kind of a close mentorship thing where you know I was kind of just like uh we were kind of just like um collaborating on deals like she'd help me do like the the comping and then vetting the properties and then I would do like the, the dispo and then we kind of you know like uh do like fee splits on different deals and um we did that for she kind of like an acquisitions manager basically yeah yeah she was essentially like an acquisitions manager and I was right, doing sure. dispo and then um she got you know like uh um you know really solid at doing doing all of that and then um she uh started transitioning to more like direct to seller stuff so now nice she, uh, she's actually part of um uh uh paces sub two program and oh, i'm nice in astro nice. so both our collaboration yeah, astro and sub two and two yeah. people that's amazing yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's cool so what so first off are you guys are you guys business partners or do you guys have separate businesses in UJV? How does it exactly work? Yeah, we have, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah. The, the later where we JV. You JV a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, the first couple months, um, you know, we just, he took me under his wing and just kind of helped me. Uh, yeah. 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 Get to, sorry, my cat is distracting me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, he's just catching me up to speed on how things uh, go, especially with disposition. But then I realized that I really like acquisition as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so then that's where we're like, oh, maybe it makes more sense that you're like the disposition powerhouse. And then I go learn to do like more, uh, learn how to direct more. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because I was teaching her how to do like acquisitions astro. in the wholesaler sense, like the astro flipping way where you kind of nice. squat other wholesalers get deals love but. it love it jv model and then direct to seller model what could you what what more could you want in a business or in two yeah. businesses so okay um i wanted to ask you guys so you're i know my mood's like heavy in atlanta um 
Melissa, are you also doing direct to seller in Atlanta? Um, actually, I'm doing yes, Atlanta as well. Uh, but I'm finding myself also doing uh, Cleveland and some Maryland uh, mm -hmm. deals. So uh, right now, I'm in a position where people, um, where I put myself out there to help people close their motivated leads. Mm -hmm. So these are leads that are have shown interest like in selling and they just like, I just need help closing them. So I not really dictating where, which region. You're helping other people close. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. So since people are going to be watching this, put your info in the chat. You too, Mahmoud. I want people, if you guys want to be blown up, put whatever way you want to be blown up. Um, you're going to get people who need that type of stuff. So if you guys want to put your info in there, if you don't, it's totally cool. But um, you're going to get JV deals from it. I promise. I promise I'm going to make this podcast good enough where you'll get JV deals <laughs> from it. Oh, yeah. uh, so if you guys want to put it in there, put it in the comments, do it for the people. Um, do you guys? Okay. So just let me know if you guys want to do that. So yeah, we'll do that towards the end. For sure. Okay. So Mahmoud, tell me how you got into real estate because I was somewhat involved. Like I will start with real estate and then we can go to Astro and stuff like that. Yeah, so basically, um, I started off, um, like I said, you know, we, we met in, uh, in college in our undergrad at UC San Diego, and then I finished my bachelor's in 2018 in chemical engineering, and then I went on to do my master's in chemical engineering at, in San Jose State, so I, like, uh, moved up to the Bay Area for that. Um, finished up with that in 2020, but right when the pandemic hit, right in the beginning, and then I just decided I, you know, I done with my, you know, like all my education and like, I kind of want to make money now. And, uh, um, you know, after yeah. I got in engineering jobs, I realized that, you know, engineers don't really get paid as much as, you know, people think. And so it's, you know, 80 hour work weeks for less than, you know, six figures a year. And mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed, I wanted to get something more out of life and more out of just, you know, just my, my, just life experience in general. Um, and I, uh, just said like, if I can do like complex partial non-differential equations and calculus, I can learn how to sell a home. And <laughs> I, had, and, uh, just started, uh, looking at YouTube and trying to piece together, First, I didn't even know what wholesaling was. I was just like how to get into real estate investing with no money. And eventually I kind of came across you found wholesaling. wholesaling. And uh, there was this, uh, after I kind of learned about it, I bought this mini course. It was like only like 500 bucks for by uh, Cole Hatter, who's a uh, uh, power player, like a uh, wholesaler um, from SoCal. Okay. And uh, yeah, he basically kind of just went, it was a pre-recorded course, so I never even, I never got to meet him, but um, he basically kind of went over like the, the whole bare essentials of what wholesaling was. And um, I got kind of instantly hooked, like, wow, this costs nothing. Biggest business ever. Let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, got a couple of deals under contract through that. And, you know, the rest was history. Then I just, you know, um, during, uh, you know, just networking, you had reached out to me and, um, you know, using like outreach techniques that you learned through Jamil's yeah, training. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, this guy's just 
reaching out to me wants to, to network. And I was like, yeah, love to. And, uh, one thing kind of led to another. And he, um, I, I started asking him for kind of help. Like you seem like you're succeeding. I kind of, you know, I, I started sending him properties and, uh, uh, you know, you were telling me that my comps were, were terrible. They were wrong. <laughs> I didn't say it like right. that. They were very bad. They were, <laughs> I didn't say it was terrible, but yeah, they were very wrong comps because I didn't, I mean, I didn't learn how to comp properly. And actually to do a, a correct comping on a property, it's, it's not easily available information online. It's actually, it's complicated. you have to know people to learn how to comp well, which is unfortunate because yeah, a lot of the places that you, you learn, go to learn these things are different sources on YouTube that might not be right. And so you sent me a YouTube link to a video that Jamil did and I watched it. And after that, the YouTube algorithm like started showing me Jamil's astro flipping ads. And then I got called on for a session, ended up joining and then boom, everything just game changed after that. <laughs> I'm going to quickly put that YouTube video in here because, guys, this is, like, the best video for comping ever. Like, honestly, I've taught several people how to comp just from that video. It's amazing. All you need is Zillow. It, I love it. So I want to – you were telling back earlier in it. I want, didn't want to interrupt you because I didn't want you to say that full answer. But earlier in that, you were talking about how you went from engineering and you're like, hey, I want more out of life. Like, engineering isn't going to be – what I do. It's not like, it's not, you know, it doesn't have enough money. I feel, and like, I want to get more into like, what are you trying to achieve? What, what attracted you to wholesaling that more than engineering and the sense of what you're trying to achieve with life? Right. So I found myself at kind of initially at a crossroads because engineering is something that I was very good at, something that I enjoyed a lot. Like I just, I was in love with it, specifically the field of like nanotechnology, material science. I mean, I could do that for free and not, and not get bored. Like it was that fun to do um, and just contribute to science. Like it was amazing. Mm -hmm. But for me, what I realized was money's important. And <laughs> like, yeah. you know, who told us, who was the person who told us and told society that, Th what you learn in school in college is the thing that has to make you money for the rest of your life. Right. Like, where did that idea get implanted? Like you go to university, if you want to learn, if you want some real world experience, if you want to meet people, if you want to hang out and if you want to just become more worldly, right. And just learn more about a specific field, then that's education. That's knowledge. That's passion. That doesn't have to be what makes you money. So I'm always trying to think of the best way to do things. And at that moment in time, when I found out about real estate investing, I realized that as much as I love engineering, it is not the best way to make money. Yeah, sure. I'm passionate about it, but it's not the best way to make it. And so mm -hmm. I realized, all right, I need to find a way to make money that's going to be the best way to make money and that can actually provide me and my, you know, my family and just just like comfort and, and financial freedom and start that journey while I'm at a young age. And, you know, once I'm financially free, feel secure, I can, you know, buy as many 3d printers as I want and just <laughs> have fun doing engineering then. So. so do you do it as a passion engineering? Like, do you still do side projects where you build stuff? I still work and uh, do uh, uh, 
do work at San Jose State University as kind of oh, nice. a research scientist. Yeah, but that's just because you love it. Time. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. Hell yeah. Melissa, how about you? What are you trying to achieve out of real estate investing? Like what attracted it to you? Was it also gobbles of money like Mahmood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also just more of a like a sense sense of control of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I studied structural engineering mm-hmm. and, uh, unfortunately like structural engineers are like the teachers of the, of the engineering world. <laughs> like we need them. They're, they're needed literally to create the fabric of our society, but they're so underpaid. Yeah. <laughs> underpaid. Yeah. I remember like my professor, like told me my, one of my like first days in like freshman year, it's like, um, if you're in here for the money, you're in the wrong major. Like, <laughs> there's no major. Here. <laughs> and like, it didn't really like register. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, and then and then when you graduate, you realize like, oh, like now I know what she's talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also like, you know, people like, you know, people feel like you need this like prestigious engineering job to like. I don't know, to like make it big. And, and then you realize that like things aren't adding up. Like, how am I supposed to buy a house at this rate? You know, I'm, wait, I'm supposed to save. Especially in California. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially living in L.A. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. And then, yeah, I came across like, um, yeah, real estate investing. And especially when I started seeing like people my age and younger, like killing it. I was like, OK, like. <laughs> All right. Like, <laughs> what, what? what's the secret? How do I get in? Like, if they could do it, like, like I, I totally can. 100%. I love that. Uh, yeah, no, that's dope as hell. Um, so that's, that's cool. So both gobbles of money. I love it. Um, and then, so I wanted to also talk about, um, so definitely financial freedom. I definitely like that in the sense of, do you guys have like any, I'm curious, do you guys have any like, like metrics? Like, yes. Like, what does, what does financial freedom mean for you is really what I'm trying to ask. Like, what, what is yeah. that number or what so, is that in passive income or whatever it is? So for me, financial freedom is to make more passively per month than you spend, mm-hmm. period. So mm-hmm. for me, I consider myself having reached financial freedom, quote unquote, if I, you know, have a few cash flowing rental properties that are each generating $4,000 a month, for example, that's $12,000. And I'm living, for example, a very comfortable, overly luxury lifestyle of like eight to $9,000 a month. And it's covering it. That's financial freedom. Or even if I have, if I'm cash flowing, you know, $5,000 a month, that's it. All I have is $5,000 a month. Let's say my bank account was empty, but all I'm doing is cash flowing $5,000 a month. If I'm spending $3,000 a month, that's financial freedom to me. Just to right. passively make more than I can passive, can like actively spend. That's and is there a number? Like, do you said eight to 9,000, you think? Or what do you think? I think, the I think for me, it's like, you know, obviously right now with what we do, which is wholesale real estate, this is like, you know, active income you know we're working setting up systems we have to be there we have to be present and so all of that is like you know um it's a it's all climbing the ladder to where you'll have enough capital to eventually you know be able to funnel that into into uh 
basically your your entire uh, the name of your company is a great way to describe this which is <laughs> safe roots so it's like you have a safe full of money that's planted in the roots of the ground which is you're protecting your money in real estate and then now you have a cash flowing machine so that's what i'm working for is to start to make enough to where i can start purchasing properties and passively create income so that i can go out spend more time with family with friends traveling you know and just you know just uh kind of fulfill hobbies and bucket list items and just take care of people and help society i love it that's an amazing answer do you have an active income goal i'm kind of curious um, I want to eventually get my wholesaling business to where it can do, um, about a hundred thousand dollars a month consistently, nice. um, consistently. Like, and when I say consistently, I mean, if you were to apply the same techniques and, and run the system, your business the same way for six solid months and for six solid months, it's been a hundred thousand. That's consistent for me. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. Melissa, how about you? What goals are you trying to achieve? Um, yeah, like as, as far as financial freedom goes, I mean, um, like I'm not actually after like the luxurious things or whatnot, but it, like once I reach a point where I could like uh, plan anything that I want or do anything I want, like in my day or so, and it doesn't like impact me financially or I could, you know, travel like that, that's like the sense of like, ah, like I definitely like reached it. Um, but you know, there's some grunt work in the beginning to do that, right? Because in order to get to that level, you have you have passive income in the form of, you know, rental portfolios or Airbnbs. Uh, that's actually like my goal it, next year uh, is to get an Airbnb. Nice uh, through creative financing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, and maybe like, some deals. I didn't know you were in sub two. Yeah. Uh huh. And like, I'm I'm actually. Do you know Munif? Of course, I know Munif. <laughs> uh, I'm working under his team. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm like learning. It is shut off. I cannot believe it. He's been in the program for six months and he's like, yeah. Just insane. He's insane. <laughs> <laughs> insane. I'm like, damn, you are, you are absolutely murdering it. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dope. So, I love yeah. it. Definitely like gleaning as much inf information and knowledge I can from him. Uh, and his colleagues like Noah Hoffman, that's just like the Airbnb. Oh, he lives uh, in the area. He's yeah. a good guy to get lunch with. Oh, yeah. And yeah. eventually get him on this podcast at some point. For sure. For sure. But um, um, that's that's my end goal is just, yeah, having a, a sizable like rental portfolio. Okay. Um, for sure. Yeah, definitely. This is just a recommendation from a guy who de like doesn't have any right to give out advice, really. <laughs> but from what I've heard from other millionaires, one of the best things to do is get very specific with your goals and be like, okay, what I'm trying to hit is whatever, eight to $9,000 in passive income via rentals by December 22nd, 2021, or something like that. Obviously, I don't know. Like, one of my goals or my main goal right now that I haven't really talked about. I haven't talked to, I don't talk, I should talk more about it. That's why I'm like this conversation is to hit a million in revenue by June 1st of next year of 2022. That's the goal. Total revenue since conception Total of the business. Since conception of the business. Yeah. You're like, you're like already like made a sizable, you know, 
I made a dent. And it's towards that goal. <laughs> yeah, I, we got to, I mean, it's, I, I got to really hit it though in the next six months. Like I got to like, I got to, I have been, cause I like, yeah, I got to, I got to get there. So we're going to, we're going to get there. I know I can. I'm just, I'm hiring aggressively right now. Um, basically hiring, hire two more VAs. I'm going to hire an acquisitions manager. I think it'll be a sub two or um, uh, Astro student. And then um, I'm going to hire somebody who's like my boots on the ground here in the Bay Area and Sacramento. Because um, those are my two main markets. Mahmoud's also, by the way, guys, I didn't really mention it. He's in Atlanta, but he's also in Bay Area and Sacramento. Are you in any other markets? Is it just those three? I'm in like, at this point, I'm I, I'm like in all of Georgia and all of California at this point. Okay, like, nice. Deals in Fresno, Stockton, San Diego, and oh, yeah. all over California, nice. Georgia. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm mainly in Nor. I'm only in NorCal, really, and I should expand to cent- the Central Valley. I don't know if I want to do all of California, but there are a lot of people in LA. I keep getting hit up by wholesalers in LA, and it's kind of like I save their info, but I need to follow up with them i just don't have i like do not focus buyers there um but i need to i actually uh, started kind of going back to the basics of like the micro flipping model this might i don't know if this is like too deep for your um audience but i just thought i'd point it out but do it um so the initial like micro flipping strategy right was to basically get a deal that you're working, that you're JVing with an acquisitions professional who's locking up the deal and contract with the seller. And then you take that deal and you hand it off to a dispositions powerhouse who has the buyers, right? A lot of times now when you think of JVing, in most of my deals, I bring the buyer directly and then, you know, I'm working with a wholesaler who brings the seller, right? But in the micro flipping, the true micro flipping form, it's from you're going from one acquisitions person to a dispositions person, a way to penetrate a lot of markets that I'm learning. And I'm, I'm noticing this by deals that I'm currently working in, in, in um, L.A. and then one in Fresno is you really only need like two or three solid like disposition powerhouses like other wholesalers in any market. And if you get a deal, you send it to them. If it's good, it's going to sell. It's going to move. So that just piece of like advice to anyone like on how easy it is to get a deal going is if you just know how to run your numbers and, um, you know, you're connected enough to where people are sending you opportunities, you just need to know like two or three solid, solid players and you can do a deal in virtually any market. Let's talk about that because I'm curious because I kind of need to learn that skill. I'm really entrenched in the Bay Area in Sacramento and I get a lot of people sending me stuff all over the country, but I don't like really going randomly in the sense of like going into new markets. I've My strategy has been just hunger down and go crazy in these two markets. See, that's good though. That's kept you grounded because it kept you focused like a laser in what you're doing. Yeah kind of like what I'm, I've been doing as well. So it's like a lot of times we have to guess just from a mindset perspective, just push a lot of stuff to the, to the side, potential opportunities, just laser in on that one thing. Like, always good to do that. Talking about this the other day, like, you know, about, uh, she was talking to like agent outreach. And then she's like, I'm so entrenched in direct the seller right now. <laughs> Don't do both. That's how I screwed up for the first eight months is I was doing, or trying to do, wholesalers 
agents and direct a seller at the same time. And I just did all three terribly. That's oh no. I, <laughs> I just did all three terribly. I'm like, okay, screw this. I'm doing just JV. We're going only, we're going agents and wholesalers. And then that's when I started booming because I was focusing on one because they're really two different businesses, in my opinion. Like they're very, even though they're very related, it's still like those two acquisition methods are so different in a lot of ways that it takes a while to master both. Um, so yeah, 100% agree with it. Um, so how do you find powerhouse disposition wholesalers? I want to give a little gem to them and then yeah, we'll get into something else. Yeah. So if you're obviously if you're a, if you're a, a member of any, you know, real estate investing communities like sub to Astro or any any other place like like that, any other kind of community um, or even your local RIA group in your city, like you can ask around and just try and, you know, network and see who who's doing like three, four or five deals a month. How are they doing it? Oh, it's because you have lots of buyers. Awesome. If I get a deal, can I send it to you and you'll analyze it for me and get back to me in like a day? Awesome. Let's do it. And that's how I, how I've been able to, to do that. Just networking with people. Like I did a post in the Astro flipping group about six months ago saying, um, if you've done five deals a month, more than five deals a month in the last six months, um, consecutively five deals, five deals, five deals for six months, message me, let's, let's connect, let's network. And I had like 10 people message me, 10 people who were all oh, yeah. doing at least five to six deals a month. And what I did, we had a chat. I noted their markets down <laughs> and any deal I got in any of those markets straight to them. Well, I'm doing that. So, I mean, your answer is you, you leverage the Astro Flipping community. Oh, do, you so have any, do you have any advice for someone who's not in Astro Flipping though? Or, yeah, yeah, or so, do, like, what do you think they should do? Like the Facebook groups. Yeah. You, you, you can still get yourself into like real estate investing Facebook groups or like, it, especially if a group has a lot of, you know, like heavy hitters or, um, or a lot of activity too. It's not mm -hmm. like like it goes crickets when someone posts something, but there's a lot of activity. You could just expose yourself there, um, you know, and, you know, tell everyone like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to, you know, make deals and help you close on them. If you're like on the acquisition side and you'd be surprised how much activity you get and you got to filter through, right. Which ones are actually uh, mean what they say. But, you know, once you get through that, you get your like strong uh, dispo people. Uh, under your belt yeah nice oh, yeah. and a lot of people are always down to, to to jv it's actually it's actually a lot easier to find someone who will sell your deal than find someone who will let you sell their deal so yeah true. we're always excited to, to it's true. everyone's like i want deals you have deals amazing i will sell yeah. them for you <laughs> and then there's like and then usually they have like five buyers but you know it is what it is um so I wanted to get into like the real stuff. Everyone who's tuning in, this is where I get real with people. Um, so the name of this podcast is Scorch the Fears, right? Um, so what I really like dedicating this podcast to that's different than Pace or Jamil or any of them is I really get into fears because my personal belief is that fears really hold people back. I think that's Every, I think literally that's the number one reason why everybody fails. You can just, it gets to some sort of fear. And the whole point of this podcast is to interview powerhouses in 
the Astros sub two community and just friends I know. And eventually we'll get to people like Pace and Jamil who are really like crazy there. Um, and I wanted to get into, yeah, just like, how do you, how did you, when you were starting, like when you were starting, like what fears did you have and what were your methods of getting over them? We'll start with Mahmoud and then Melissa. Yeah. So um, I think, I feel like anyone when they're transitioning from, you know, like working a W2 job or being a student and they're transitioning to starting a business um, of any kind, there's a lot of fear of will this work or not? And then that's kind of like, I didn't really have that particular fear. I had a different type of fear, which I'll talk about in a second, but I was always of the mentality that if it's possible to figure it out, I can figure it out. Like if there are people doing it, if I put enough mind and like, like kind of thought into it, I can figure this out. Nice. Um, And, you know, and that's kind of what helped me in the beginning. So me, like in terms of getting started and starting to kind of do deals and all of that, like I was really good about being able to get like, um, to just treat this, like, I know nothing. I'm just an open book. I'm just trying to like, or my mind's just a canvas. I'm here to learn and soak up as much knowledge as possible. It takes me one month, two months, six months to do a deal. Fine. I just want to learn and get better. And I know it's going to, because I was expecting mistakes and failure and I was welcoming it because that's how I grow. So that wasn't my main fear. I think my biggest fear was once it started working Mm. and it started making money. And this is a fear. Not a lot of people talk about a lot of people talk about the fear of failure. I'm talking about and I tell you about the fear of winning. Yeah. That's a big one. (laughs) It's a big one. No one talks about not a lot of people talk about the fear of winning. And so for me, it happened when I started, you know, I did my first deal, you know, a few months into joining the Astro program. And at that point, it was like six or seven months still to since finding out what wholesaling was. And um, I basically did my first deal. And then because I had at that point, I had like kind of turned wholesaling. This was like end of 2020, like I had turned wholesaling and micro flipping into a science. I mean, I just kind of applied myself. And every time I make a mistake, I would go back to the drawing board, be like, okay, how can we improve this? And I would just keep adding the corrections to my failures, like a thousand iterations over until it developed this complex, like, like almost like a, just a blueprint engineering design of how wholesaling works. Mm -hmm. And that would work for me. And so I started closing, you know, doing a few deals, but then I like, I I stopped. I was like, okay, so I'm making, you know, it was at this point, it had been like three months and I had already made like, you know, 25 grand. Um, And at that point that was more than I'd ever made in three months in my entire life. To me at the time, that was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, bro. It's crazy. That's a lot of money. And yeah, um, I at that point, I was only exerting myself to like 15% of what I could do. My it's knob was still fifteen out of 100. I wasn't even trying that much. I was just doing my bare minimum to say I did the thing to say I did because I, I had the process. Now it's up to me 
to put in the power to supply the voltage to actually run the process that I made. And I was only putting in 15% of that 100%. I wasn't putting in, they say try to put 100%. I was putting in 15 and I made, made that money in a few months. And then I had this fear that, do I need this? These are the voices that would come in my head. Do I need a lot of money? Do I deserve to make a lot of money? What if it, I change as a person, subconscious stuff that would fill in my head and jack mm-hmm. up. And it was scary because I, now it's like, okay, now that you figured out how to make money, like what's your purpose? What's the point with engineering? My point, my, my goal was to, you know, enhance science. It was to, you know, build this really cool thing. It was tangible stuff. If my goal when I'm making like money and doing real estate is become like financially capable and three months, I already feel like I don't need money anymore. I have everything. What's going to make me wake up tomorrow and do another deal if I have everything I want. Right. And, and I wasn't even thinking long-term I was thinking short-term and I think what kind of helped me, cause that was a huge fear that stopped me for a while. I couldn't get, there was some months where, I would like wait, like I'm home. I would do great for three months. And then a month or two, I would make nothing because I didn't even feel like working until I started needing more money. Like (laughs) this is just me getting used. This is a real kind of fear. Like it just, it was almost like I was lost. It was kind of depressing too. And um, once you actually figure out how to make money, it's like, you know, why do I need this? And I'm, 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 I'm single. I live alone. I don't have you know, like dependence. I don't have, you know, anyone who really relies on me. So I'm just taking care of myself. So a lot of people who have kids, like they, they got their kids, like they got to do this for their kids. Me, it was just me. And so what kind of helped me right now, um, kind of helped me kind of just start to climb out of it was realize like, you know, you're, you might not have people who rely on you right now, and you might not have people you can help right now, but the windows of opportunity to make a difference in this world dramatically increase when you have capital. It doesn't matter who you are. More doors open to you if you have money, period. True. Money doesn't buy happiness, sure, but it sure as hell opens a lot of doors for you. You, you can do it if you want and you have enough money to do it. Like yeah. I could go ahead and like, you know, just donate to whatever organization I can, you know, launch different, you know, initiatives, whatever. I can travel across the world and speak. I can, you know, rent like boats and do fundraiser with whatever you want to do. You can do it with capital. And so I started investing in, started thinking about it as I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing this for, for society and for the future people who I'm going to, who are going to need me. And so and that's, that's how you like, got over that fear was you that's were like, how I got over it. When somebody, need, somebody needs me. Yeah. And this is kind of what I can tell to anyone who's listening is the moment you get over that fear that I was talking about, kind of the fear of winning or the fear of, of, of just being lost and without purpose and not needing enough money or like not needing more money is just, Understand that the moment you succeed financially is the moment when it's not about you anymore. It's not just about you anymore. Because it's not, yeah, about, it's not you. about you anymore. It's that's the it's, name of this podcast now. <laughs> not about you. Yeah, it's not about you. It's like, dude, get over yourself. Go make some money. This isn't for you. It's for those people who need you. Just go that. do it. Because you know, a lot of us inherently love to serve 
to serve others. And in order for us to feel great and serve ourselves, we, we need to feel like we're serving some higher purpose and to adapt your, to find that reason why you want to do something to where it's beyond you. That'll make it to where you're, you're getting pulled towards success as opposed to having to gruelingly push yourself towards it. So I love it, dude. That was an amazing answer. I love it. The name of this podcast is now it's not about you because that's so true. (laughs) It's really isn't. It's about your employees. It's about like the, your future family and your current family, your parents. So I a hundred percent get that. I'm going to talk about a little bit of one of the fears that I'm dealing with right now. And because I've been psychoanalyzing myself damn near on this is what's been holding me back recently is the fear of spending money of like losing money, like not losing success, but like, I've made all this money. How shitty, excuse me, how bad would it be if I lost it all? Then I like, I got, I got this cool podcast. Like I'm, I like people know me as a guy who's making money, a leader in it. And then what, and then it's similar to yours. It's like, what if I'm thought of as a fraud, if I lose all the money, I think it's actually the same fear, the fear of success, but it's just losing success. So it's slightly different, but I noticed like that's been, really holding back my business. I looked at my financials the other day. I'm like, I'm operating at like, my operating expenses are like 20%. It's like, bro, we we should spend more money. Like I do not need to give, I don't need to pay myself so much. I've been paying myself like 30, 40% of what I make. And it's just like, I don't, I don't need that. I need to be growing the business and spending money on hiring so that I get more of the freedom, which is the whole point. This is one for me that I realized. And this one, and what's interesting about it is it came back from my childhood. I thought about this. Like it come back, it came back from my childhood where um, I was, it was just something I was always taught when I was like growing up is like money doesn't grow on trees. Make sure you save. If you don't, you might, you might get screwed and you might like, you might like um, basically like lose any stability and then you're gonna be like if you don't save profusely it's gonna be really bad and like you never know what's gonna happen in life you could lose your job and if you don't do it you're gonna be screwed so save 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 um and so i realized that that limiting belief was holding me back so i'm curious i'm trying to get deeper like do you think do you think you can recognize where like because i think like my personal opinion is it comes from somewhere like childhood and I don't, you get in like, I don't know if you have like self-analyzed in this way, but where do you think, where do you think that fear of, of success, because the fear of failure, obviously to you, it didn't even cross your mind really, but the fear of success, I'm curious if you can relate it back to some past experience. Like, what do you mean by that exactly? Like, like I don't know, like beliefs your parents maybe taught you, like for me, it was beliefs that my parents taught me like of like being frugal and that's been holding me back in my business that's it for me if it it also like if like it doesn't come to your mind you don't have to answer the question it's just something that's been fascinating yeah Yeah. i mean i think for me it's like i think the reason i've been kind of like having this i guess just like i was saying like fear of winning fear of doing that is and like succeeding like to high amounts is I've always just like never really known like I've always kind of been taught that 
Cause like I've always, up until when I started doing wholesaling, I was always a student. Okay. okay. So it was all, there was always a goal for something. There was always a defined goal for me. I didn't have to define the goal. Right. Like when I was in high school, the goal is to graduate. That's when I wake up in the morning, A's. I'm getting A's. That's it. We're, we're working hard. We're doing, there's a test, like literally like Brought society it. structures a student's life and their right. goals for them. They give you metrics and things to strive for, give you like grades that make you feel smart. Like they just try and, and make it so that like you have a direction. And then after high school, now the goal is to get into the best college. Right. And after that, your, your, your goal is to graduate. And then, and then, cause I was always on that path and then get the best job. And the people who continued getting the best jobs are always trying to get to the highest position and then get a raise and get a raise. So there's always a ceiling for these people. Mm-hmm. I made a right turn out of W2Ville and started mm-hmm. my own blank canvas and into a field of just nothingness that I have to pave any, I can pave whatever I want on it. And I was like, okay, um, let's make some money. And then I was like, this is a lot of money. Do I need more? If so, why? And I got way too meta and philosophical about it. Now it's, it was just like, why? And then once I found out why it became a lot, a lot easier. So to answer your question more like um, directly, it's, the reason that I felt that way is because I had, it's the first time I had, I had the decision to control my future. And while that's exciting, mm-hmm. for people, it scared the crap out of me. I gotcha. Cause I didn't know what the heck it was. I had mm-hmm. to, for the first time, think about what do I want my life to be? Because life explained to us first, like we have our life just handed to us. This is what you do. You go to school, you get a job, you get married, then you, retire and then you die and that's it that's the life of like 99 percent of this planet yeah it's what most people do so you saw it from that i got it that's a good good answer it was the first time i actually had to decide so very flattering idea but also scares the crap out of you because now you have to actually think about it so right (laughs) but yeah um that love it all right melissa i'm going to you so what when you were starting what fears do you think were holding you back man and it, you guys are like catching me when I would, I, I would she didn't say even like, know she was going on the podcast. <laughs> the who, man, this is deep. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, you guys have been like, you know, already in this for like a little bit more than a year. I'm still like, this is like my fourth month into real estate investing. So I'm still like battling my fears, like right out the gate, like a uh, yeah, fear that like sunk in is, well, one, when you go into this, and and you leave your W-2, which is what I did. I just went, dove into the deep end. It's like, well, you don't know when your next check is coming. You right. know, it's like, it like before I was like, ah, it's like every Friday I'll get that check, you know, and I could slack off or whatever. It's still coming, you know? And then now it's like, holy shit. Like if literally, if I don't work, nothing's going to work, you know? <laughs> like, um, and then, yeah, it's definitely, I had to build like a callus around my like mindset of, just like like keep going because uh, you don't know when it's gonna come but it will as long as you you know remain consistent I, something that helped me like because I think the fear gets like really big and then the fear starts snowballing and you start overthinking and then you're like and then you, you'll catch yourself snowballing into this nightmare like 
uh, scenario like, oh my God, what if this doesn't work? Then I have to go crying back to my W-2. Can you take <laughs> me back? Oh my God. And I have to be at that fucking desk again. Jump, jump, <laughs> <million> <laughs> conclusions. Yeah. And I was like, okay, hold on. Like, let's breathe. Calm down. Um, Jamil talks a lot about meditation and it yeah. sounds like corny at first, but it's, it's very true because you need to silence out all the negativity. And what really helped me is, yeah, putting, like what you said, putting goals out, like written goals um, mm -hmm. and talking, uh, just talking a lot to people that have already, that are already a, a year ahead of you. So like, like Mahmood, for example, like, what are your KPIs? Like, oh, okay, it takes like, you know, like uh, 50, about like 50 contacts to get like at least one to closing. Okay, so that means I need to do this. And once I put it to numbers, right, you like associate numbers with it. Now you have like a roadmap, you know, because part of that fear is like, I don't know how to navigate through this new world. But if you actually put like, you know, numbers to it, um, an actual like, like explicit metrics, um, you know, if it's like, okay, I need to comp like 50 properties a week, you know, uh, because everyone that I talk to says, if you're, if you're seeing that many volume of deals, you should get one, you know, at least something closed once a month or something to that effect, right? Just, you know, so building your roadmap in a numerical and an explicit sense like real, really help minimize the fear. Gotcha. Um, yeah, really minimize the fear. Um, you and have I a similar like answer to Curtis. Curtis's answer was basically like, how you get rid of the fear is you know exactly what you need to do to get a deal. I third that. that <laughs> yeah. both, yeah, that's so, so true. And if I could just chime in on that, that's I'm trying to helping a lot of, uh, you know, Astro students kind of get started and because there's a lot of students that have been in the program for about six months or longer and haven't done a deal yet. And, you know, I, I tutor them, I help them out. And, you know, I, I try and really kind of just coach them. And a lot of people have kind of gotten over their hurdles and started closing deals. But I think what it is, is exactly what she just said is having like a roadmap. And the way you do that roadmap is you figure out one thing that you want to do. So for example, if I want to talk to agents, in North Carolina, and I want to get a list of agents um, and call them using Batch Dialer, and and I'm going to basically comp every property, and I'm going to try to comp it. Um, I'm going to cold call for like like two hours a day, and I'm going to spend the whole day comping every property as it comes, and I do that like I as soon and then um, the deals that come in, I just find like 10, like five solid powerhouse dispo people in North Carolina. That's it. So now I have my supplier and now I have my exit, my dispositions. I'm good there. So now all I do is you just identify like, okay, let's just keep track of, of things right now. So how many deals, so track how many deals you look at that week and then, and have a goal, say like, for example, I want to, you know, do 10 hours of calling and look at 30 properties a week. All right. How about, next week and then next week and then do that for for two months and also track how many offers you put in track how many offers are accepted how many offers go deals go into escrow and how many you close that statistical number averaged over like the span that you did that that's your baseline you can repeat that and you have a high likelihood of doing it again right so 
now you have a baseline of, of, of what your conversion is and just keep, keep at it. Keep doing the same thing. If it's not broke, don't fix Dude, it. That's what I learned too with KPIs. Cause I was so about the opinion of like, what are you talking about? Like, what if I just keep doing it? The KPIs seem like a waste of time, but it's about that confidence that you get from doing KPIs. And that's what I learned. And I, I'm, it's not my strong suit. I do them and I look at them just to, so I know, but it's still not my strong suit to this day of making sure I'm keeping track of them. I've trained, I've trained my virtual assistant now to do it and I check him. So it's, it's getting there though. And everything but. has different KPIs. Like the KPIs I use for like micro flipping and agent outreach is different than the KPIs she uses for direct to seller. What do you use for direct to seller? Like how many like contracts you get signed uh, versus how many actually get closed? Probably like how many cold calls, how many, how many, how many leads, then leads to contracts and contracts yeah. to um, buyer, then actual closing. That's what I would check yes. if I was them. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah when you're talking about KPIs, like uh, people that I talk to that are really good at tracking the KPIs, they told me that their their fear of losing money, like yours, kind of diminishes. Yeah, it, it like it kind of diminishes because once they get good at tracking their KPIs, they said like okay, that's when your business starts being fun because it's predictable. It's like okay, I did this amount of work and it produced these results. So it's like okay, well let's pump some more money in the. SMS marketing department, yeah, or a driving for a deal. Scale the, the yeah. input so the output can scale with it. Right. Yeah, it's almost like predictable. So, I mean, I I I also have a lot of work to do with keeping my KPIs, but yeah, it's definitely something to strive for. Okay, so Melissa, I'm going to get to you on this because I didn't. Uh, so you, okay, so you started four months ago. So when I say the fears that you started with, it wasn't that long ago. I'm kind of curious because it's it sounded like from what you said, and tell me if I'm wrong, that it was a little bit of the fear of failure. But what what fears do you think you're dealing with now in your business? Uh, with now, it's like also like analysis paralysis mm -hmm. as well, because um, sub to community um, and people are watching. I mean, they'll know this, but if you're not in it, like, holy crap, it's an overwhelming like, it is crazy. It is overwhelming um, source of no. information. And there's just so many ways to make money that you're like, what should I do? Should I do like SMS, like agent outreach, JV, you know, like there's there's so many like air. Do I go straight to Airbnb? Like and I think you have you get overwhelmed. To, yeah, you get overwhelmed. Um, but I think you just you just have to pick one. And because, you know, it's like you're writing your storybook and you're like, oh, what if if I go this route, maybe I'll end up over there, which is somewhere I don't want to be, you know, and and it prevents people from just starting, you know, and I'm like learning that you just need to to pick one and go after it. Like um, like being on Munif's team. Holy crap. Like Munif, like he makes decisions like like he just shoots from the hip and he was like, we'll see how this goes. I don't fucking know how this goes, but we're just going to do it. You know, or like, or he's teaming up with Noah and picking up Airbnbs. So it's like, hey, like, 
uh, let's pick that one up. And he's like, well, we don't have any private money. He's like, well, let's just pick it up. And then tomorrow we'll go look for private money. <laughs> like he just, he just like goes for it. And, and then he's like, I found a private lender. I was like, what? How did you? <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, and in the meantime. One of the best ways to do it. Yeah. And in the meantime, so many people are like, what should my LLC name be? I don't have, you know, proof. Like, I don't have, <laughs> I don't have proof of funds. That's the one I heard where I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> according wow. to my proof of funds, I have 5 million liquid right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Munif, he, like, he, he names his LLCs randomly. Like, what should this one is like? He named it Latte. Or like an anime <laughs> character. Like, I don't know, just do it and let's, you know, kick it off. Like, <laughs> to touch. Love it. I love that. That's awesome. So then, um, this was something I wanted to ask you, Mahmood. If you had to tell yourself one thing from the day you started, like if you could go back to yourself to the day you started, what would be the one thing you tell yourself? Yeah, that's that's a deep question, man. <laughs> um, honestly, I would probably just say like, pick like, like pick one thing and just stick to it and just be consistent and the, the funny thing is, is that for people watching they're probably going to be like heard that a million times but <laughs> things that are like actually, some things that are cliche have lost their meaning because they're overused but that's like super real like right. i haven't because i mean when i got started i was dabbling i mean i was just dabbling in a bunch of different things that's why it took me so long to do my first deal and um, even when I did my first deal, I wasn't staying consistent. Like I guarantee you, if I just did like, like maybe three hours, like, like, you know, I'd say maybe three to four hours of work consistently five days a week since I joined Astro till now, I would probably have made like at least 30 times the money, which is, right. a lot. yeah. Right which is already hitting millions by 30 times the money. <laughs> but yeah, like, cause the consistency is, is key. Like, you know, I've, exactly. I've been consistent and I'm, I am pretty consistent, but in the eight, in the part where you're of uncertainty, where you don't know what's going to happen and you let yourself get in your own head and you also get in your own way and you just don't end up performing as consistently. And so at least that's what happened with me. So if I could go back, I would just say like, you know, you know, it works, you know, people have made it work. You have the plan. There's no secrets away from you. You're going to make mistakes. Just put in this time, do this thing and just keep doing this thing until it gold comes out of it. That's it. Like, <laughs> I love it. Melissa, same question to you. What would you say to yourself now from the first day you started four months ago? Um, I would say like, you know, I would say believe in yourself. Like, trust me, you're, you're, you're more qualified than you think. And like, and also like, uh, I feel like in the beginning people like they, they go on YouTube Academy um, and they learn about real estate investing. And then it's like, okay, there comes an inflection point where it's like, okay, you have all this knowledge, what are you going to do with it? And I think people like try to uh, get permission from other people. Mm. To, it's a big one. Move forward. Yeah, to to win. And I feel like when I started putting myself more in uncomfortable situations, like talking to sellers or I think recently, like something that um, 
that that really like impacted me like last week was they had like the closers uh christmas closers competition that role playing well i saw that i need to get on i need to get on like a daily dial or a competition i've been (laughs) slacking (laughs) and i was like yeah and and um some people like tagged me like oh you should go in uh, and I was like, nope, nope, I'm not doing it. Like, that's way too scary. Um, and my, like, it was Sam, a friend of mine that, like, pushed me to do it. And I just went to the trial. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try out. It's going to last for five minutes. And then it's over with. And then I'm done. And I didn't realize I made it to trials. I made it past round one. Made it past round two. Made it to the finals. And I, and I ended up in second place. Hell yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yo, I got this second place Christmas closer on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's crazy. And I didn't even like. I even know I had that in me. And like, I think like the old Melissa would be asking permission for other people. Like, oh, should I move Mm. forward now in life? It's like, no, just do it. Just throw yourself in, and like, you'd be surprised. A lot more people. Yeah, I think they like underqualify everyone. I feel like underqualifies themselves, you know, until you yeah. put yourself in that uncomfortable position and you're like, holy shit, I think I got it. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you look around, you're like, okay, like I, this is my league. Like I can definitely play ball. Like, you know? <laughs> I still do that. Like, I mean, I have done direct to seller deals and I used to do it and I made a lot of money in direct to seller before I really switched to agents. But to this day, I still have that little bit of like, I don't know, I don't do it enough. Like, I probably am not as good of a closer as a lot of people in sub two, even though I've closed deals. And I really want to get into a competition because of that to be like, okay, let's see. Let's see how good I am or bad I am. (laughs) I'm kind of curious. So I'm going to I'm going to join. I'm going to I don't know about joining a competition. I mean, if there's another one, I'd be down to join it or I'll just or I just need to go on the daily dials. Those are just so early. They were at six. <laughs> I, I do not want to wake up at five thirty to get <laughs> talking to fit like a role play sale. <laughs> That's the hard part. Like if I move somewhere other than California, but I'm still gonna get on one at least and just show up. Um, okay, so there was one. Dang it! What was the last question I wanted to ask you guys? There was one more question, and it was just on the top of my head that came to me. Was it like a mindset one or a it was mindset? Um, man, darn. I'm trying to the last remember. One you asked was if you could like go back, what would you tell yourself? I don't think it's the same way as that. It was like, um, man, I don't remember. I'm just gonna ask you whatever I feel like then. So, okay, so closures Olympics, that's amazing. Um, we should, Mahmoud, it would be really funny if we got together in Astro and started like a, like an agent competition. That, I mean, like, that would be kind of dope. I kind of want to organize that. that with you. That would be That's... pretty lit. Like, I, I feel like that would be awesome for the Astro community and we could do it like the agent challenge, but, uh, you know, we, it's like a competition instead, like there's a winner or something. That would be awesome. Yeah. You yeah. and me, you and me could be the judges, and then we just get whoever we want into that. I think that would be awesome. That would be a vibe. That would be really cool. Yeah, that would be fun. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, so it would be that would be a tight thing to do, and I'd really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, we're getting on the hour anyway. So 
how do the people reach you? How do they how do they become the second Christmas closer in second? <laughs> how are they doing? How do they become the powerhouse of Atlanta and Sacramento and California in general? How do they reach you? How do they find how do they find you? Yeah, so um, let me try and just add my info. But yeah, you can always um, email me at Mahmood at eruditeconnections.com. Can people see stuff that I type in here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, post your comment. It'll get in there. I'll, you'll see you. Is it where it says private chat or comments? No, post a comment. Do you guys see that? I don't know. Destinations? I'll put it in here. They're seeing my stuff. I know it. Okay. Mahmood at eruditeconnections.com. Yeah, yeah. I just sent it in private chat. Yes. And do, do you see my handle in the private chat? Uh oh no, these are private chats to me, guys. You gotta see how on the right side there's comments above that. There's no place to like enter. This is what happens when you have a visionary trying to start a podcast <laughs> instead of an integrator. So I'm putting all of this in here. We're gonna get all your info in the actual chat. Um yes, please. And then if anyone needs um Needs help talking to sellers, uh, getting their leads closed, um, or you just want to, you know, ask she's anything. The real second estate. place Christmas closer. That means she's the <laughs> second best closer in sub two. Pace was first. <laughs> Pace was first place, and she was second. So it literally, <laughs> basically, the best closer in sub two. We've got right here. I love it. Yeah, you guys need help closing deals. I'm your gal. Okay. All right, guys. I appreciate you both so much for coming on to the podcast. Merry Christmas. Mahmood, let's talk later. I kind of want to, I kind of want to organize that agent challenge. I think that would be tight. Um, I gotta, I gotta get all, we're going to talk later about it. Cause that would be dope. And it'd be dope if we did not just for the Astro community, that would be sick. We just got to get Jamil and Pace to promote it since they have way more followers than us. Oh, they, they would totally promote it. Yeah, they were hundred percent. They'd love that. They'd love it to see their students doing stuff. Um, guys, you're amazing. Enjoy your Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Happy Kwanzaa. <laughs> I will see everyone else also on this podcast next week. I'm not stopping. I don't care if it's the holidays. We got Daniel Quijano on next week. I know Daniel. Daniel's a beast. Um, you both probably know him. It's going to yeah. be amazing. He was one um, of the judges on the competition. He was. He was one of the judges. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. it. That's yeah, he's a great guy. I just went to the mastermind with him, so I'm excited for it. I've only been doing Astro people. I need to do a sub two person. Nice. Thank you. I'm gonna call it. All great right, guys. I love it. Christmas. I'll see. Yeah. I'll see the audience later. Bye, y'all. Bye. Right, later, man. Be on it.